You are listening to the audio from Grace Bible Church. This audio message is a recording from our Sunday morning worship service. We hope you enjoy. Morning, church. My name is uh, Pastor Dan. I'm the youth pastor here at Grace. It's also my privilege today to be able to share with you God's word and part of the Christmas story. Um, But it is. It is hard to believe. I woke up this morning, came downstairs, and my eldest daughter came over and said, Hey, guess what? Seven days till Christmas. I'm like, can you believe that? Here we are, just seven days away. Next week, next Sunday, whoo, is Christmas. Um, And so I know I stressed some of you out just now. So, uh, yeah, I apologize. I know for me personally, um, thankfully, all of our shopping is done. Thank goodness. But I have a couple projects I'm working on, woodworking projects in the basement that I need to finish up. So... It's stressing me out a little bit because i got to finish up these projects that I'm doing. But um, for me personally, shopping is not a good idea. Public shopping, not a good idea. A lot of people stress me out. And then on top of it, whenever I go shopping, like I did last Sunday with my kiddos, stuff just jumps into my cart, and it's really bad for my budget. So my wife does all the shopping. You might say she doesn't let me do shopping in public, so that's great. I appreciate that. Um, so I do a lot of my shopping online. Any other online shoppers out there? Yes. Less than I thought. Dave and I are buddies here. Okay. But with shopping online, it's great because, you know, you can sit on your couch, on your phone, and you can buy stuff. And for me, it's great because the total's right there. It tells me what it is, and my budget fits within that. Fine. Good. And I can just delete stuff. I don't have to walk back, put it back on the shelf. But there are some problems with online shopping. Maybe you've experienced this, and I just want to address this really quickly. You know, you have a slow, you know, shipping, you know, problems where something says it's supposed to be there tomorrow, and it ends up being, oh, got lost in Cambodia. Like, how did it end up in Cambodia? And then there's also other problems like porch pirates, those people who pilfer your plunder off your own porch. I know, a lot of peas there. Sorry. The other ones that I experienced this past year is kind of overrated objects. That object, that thing that you bought, and it said it was like a 4.5 star review, you know, and then you got it, and it's like, this is really small, you know, or it's not as soft as you thought it was, or it's just really not what you expected. So there's all kinds of problems that come with shopping online because it can be deceiving which I suppose is why it's one of the benefits to be able to go into a store, to be able to touch, to be able to feel, to be able to see the material, to see what you are buying, to sample it if you would. Kind of like Sam's Club, when you go there, before you invest in the $40 bag of chicken nuggets, they have the, the little samples that you can test out and try, right? It's genius. Well, today we are going to sample the life change of Christmas, and the lives of these ordinary shepherds. And my prayer is that these samples of life change will change us and will change our Christmas today. So let us pray before we jump into God's word. God, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for the Christmas story. I want to thank you for our time learning about Mary and Joseph in their trust and their obedience to you. And Lord, I pray that this sample of life change today would also be one that would be encouraging to us, that would guide us um, to be more like you. 
And I do pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So we are going to be in Luke chapter 2 today, so I invite you to turn with me in your copy of God's Word. And if you don't have um, a copy of God's Word with you today, there's a pew Bible there in front of you, and it is page 857 there in your pew Bible. So just as you're turning there, I want to give you a little bit of context, because in order to understand what we're learning about today, you've seen it on the screen, we're going to be looking at the shepherds. But these shepherds have an important role within the Christmas story but we have to first see what happens within chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And I'm just going to paraphrase it for you. familiar passage to most of us is that Caesar Augustus sends out this census that all the world, known world, should be taxed. And we learned in the Sunday morning hour that God works in the hand of Caesar to bring about this census to inconveniently to Mary and Joseph, send them from Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem where they have to be registered. Wow, Mary is extremely pregnant. Those of you who have experienced pregnancy, you don't like to travel during pregnancy. I missed my own brother's wedding because it was planned during my wife's later months of pregnancy. We didn't travel. And thank goodness because we had Abby the next day. <laughs> so it's just, we... we careful about travel. And so here, Mary and Joseph, they are inconvenienced, and they go, to Naz they go from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and here's what it says in verses 6 and 7. It says, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Jesus is here. The one that the angels told about. He is born. The miraculous conception of the Holy Spirit has now been born. The promised Messiah from hundreds of years ago from, with prophecies recorded about him is now here. The Savior of the world. And only two people know about it. All this is about to change, though. Let's look at verses 8 through 14. And we've read these this passage a lot, but let's read it again. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So here is our first sample of life change in the lives of these simple shepherds. The shepherds were sore afraid. I had to go back to the King James on this because I needed an S to go with the shepherds. But they were so afraid. Sore afraid was what they were. And what is sore afraid? I think it looks like this. I found this picture in my house just yesterday. I think it's there. That's, that is sore afraid right there. The Christmas story. I mean, shepherds, this one shepherd, it looks like he jumped into the campfire. He's sore afraid. There's little angels in the top right-hand side. The sheep don't have legs. They're probably sleeping on them. 
I love interpreting pictures like this, but one of my kids, uh, actually I think both of them had a part in this, Abby and Michaela, and they wanted to be in here for me to tell you, so you can tell them that they, you saw their picture and they, you thought it was great. So we're afraid, what does that look like? Well, the commentators that I looked up, what does this mean, this Greek word for the fear? It says, they feared a great fear. <laughs> okay, on a scale of one to 10, one being, okay, you made me flinch a bit, and like 10 being, I'm having a heart attack. It's like a 9.5 for these shepherds. Like, it's doing, it's, it's doing a lot for them. I want us to imagine ourselves being shepherds, if you will. Being out in the field, it's night. Who knows what time? Babies are always born at night, right? So it's the middle of the night. You're watching sheep, which, by the way, side note, how great of a job is that? You think your job stinks, you know? People usually count sheep, right, to go to sleep. And you're staying awake counting sleeping sheep. Great job. Love it. So anyway, you're trying to stay awake. Your, your heart rate, if you had a Fitbit and you're a shepherd, okay, is like maxed out at like 52. I mean, nothing's happening. And then these says, I love what it says in the NASB. It says, suddenly, an angel just appears. Okay? An angel appears and stands before them, and it says, the glory of the Lord. I'm going to come back to this. The glory of the Lord shone around them. What is, and I got stuck on this. I usually read over this story, and I, I don't think twice about the glory of the Lord shown around them. I just, we always focus on the angel, right? I was looking at the commentators, and they, they explained it, that it was an exceedingly great light. Or another commentator said, it's a splendid appearance of light. Now, what does this mean? It means God didn't put on the dimmer switch, you know, and just gently, you know, turned on the lights. It's... Boom, there was light surrounding these angels, surrounding these shepherds. And I have to just pause and wonder, because this is just what my mind does, what kind of light was it? You know, was it like the light from the sun? Was it like a light from the campfire? Was it like an LED light? You know how there's different lights? I don't know, this is where my mind goes. We don't know, and I can't tell you. <laughs> it's a mystery, and that's okay. But what we do know is that these angels... Now, this angel right now shone the light of God's glory, and I think maybe it's because they live within the presence of God, the God of light, and they radiate his glory. Needless to say, the shepherds' resting heart rate of 52 spiked to 189. And now we see this. The angels tell them not to be afraid. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The angel's mission was to share the greatest news of all time with these shepherds. And this good news was just not good knowledge for them just to know, oh, thanks. It was for them to also go and find. Because he says in verse 12, he says, and this will be a sign for you. Hint, hint, you're supposed to go look at this. And you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And I feel so bad for these shepherds. They don't even have time to whip out a pen and notebook to go, what do I need to find? Baby, you know, and a cloth and a manger. And then it says again, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. Now, I think these angels, these angels kind of remind me of my kids. 
And yes, my kids are cute, but they are by no means angels. But this is what I mean. My kids, when we play hide and seek, it's so funny. They don't get the concept. Because when you enter a room that they are hiding in, they bust out of wherever they were, and they're like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm so excited you found me. It's like, I didn't. <laughs> but now I did. These angels were like in heaven, on the edge, like, when's our line? Like, let's go. I am so excited to announce to the world that Jesus is here. Glory to God in the highest. And they totally missed their cue. They came early. <laughs> and they just busted out of heaven to proclaim the glory of God. Warren Wearsby, a commentator, he said this, How amazed the angels must have been when they saw the Creator born as a creature. The Word coming as a speechless baby. These angels were beyond excited for the very good reason. And you know what? The shepherds got the point. They were so afraid. But that fear led them to action. And let's follow what it says in verse 15 through 16. It says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Again, imagine yourself as shepherds. I mean, after the angels go up, I mean, aren't you like, pinch me, am I still alive? You know, now what? Obviously, we're going to go see this thing that has happened, this thing that God has made known to us. Let us go. And it says they went in haste. They had some hustle. And the shepherds went. And they went because they had got a sample of God's glory and they wanted to see this seven-pound Savior. Now, I actually don't know how much Jesus was when he was born, but seven pounds and a Savior sounds like a good bet. Now, I want to pause for a moment. I want to remind us of the irony of God's plan. He invited shepherds to his birthday party. Here's why I think this is ironic. John the Baptist would say this in John chapter 1, verse 29. He says, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, these shepherds, in essence, were looking for sheep. But instead of a sheep that needed their saving, <laughs> this sheep was the perfect Lamb of God who came to save them. See, unlike the sheep that they were watching, which commentators speculate whether the sheep that those shepherds were watching would be used for the Passover sacrifices. We don't really know. But unlike those sheep, they couldn't take away the sins of the world. They can only temporarily cover the sins of the people. But not only that, this is what Jesus says about himself in John 10, verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Like, do you see the connection here? God inviting the shepherds, there's so many reasons why he invited them in. And Jesus says, I came as a helpless baby to save a helpless humanity because we are the ones who are needing of saving. And this is the good news that the angels sang about because notice God didn't send a soldier. God didn't send a judge or a reformer. He sent a savior. 
And what we talked, Pastor Mike talked about earlier with peace. In the angel's proclamation, there was peace to all the world. But there is not peace in our world. See, what Jesus came to do was to offer peace in our greatest need of peace, and that peace is between us and God. What's interesting is that word peace actually means wholeness, completeness, and security with God. And that's why Jesus came. I found a quote from a Stoic philosopher named Epictetus. And he said this, While the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart, for which man yearns more than ever for outward peace. Again, this is why Jesus came. He came to give us peace with God because our best version of peace on earth is cheap. But you know what? He came to give us that peace, but you know what? We weren't looking for his peace. And this is how I know this. It says in John 1, verse 10 through 12, it says this. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But then it said this. It says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Aren't you so thankful for that grace? We don't deserve it. But he gave us the right to become children of God, to have peace, to be a part of his family. So many people have missed Jesus because they were looking for something different. They were looking for a different peace, peace from Rome. And they missed what they desperately needed in Jesus. You see, much like a gift at Christmas, we've done nothing to deserve it. Right? We've done nothing to deserve of that gift, yet it is given to us. And for us to really receive it, we have to believe that it is for us and we have to receive it. We have to open it up and to use it as intended. Maybe you're here today and you haven't received that gift. You don't have peace with God. I want to share with you really quickly how you can have that. And here it says to believe, to receive him and believe in his name. And that is admitting our sin, admitting we need saving, admitting we're not at peace with God. And then believing that Jesus, this baby that was born in a manger, grew up a perfect sinless life and died in our place and rose again from the dead, believing in Jesus to save us from our sins and then to call on him to save us and to make him Lord of our life. That's all it takes is that receiving of that gift. And if you want to accept that free gift of Jesus today, I want to encourage you to come and talk with me after service. This is something you can do right in your pew, but I would love to be able to pray with you and just encourage you along your, your relationship with God. But if you accept Jesus today, and if you've already accepted Jesus, this is what it says about you. I want to encourage us today, and here's what it says in John 10, 27 through 28. It says this, and this is Jesus talking. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. And they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. 
Now that's a powerful shepherd, isn't it? One that can give eternal life. One that can protect us. Now if you need God's peace again, I want to remind you that that gift is a gift of grace, not one that we deserve. Because remember the good news that came to those shepherds. Good news of great joy for all people. That means no excuses. That means no exceptions. It came for everybody. Jesus came for everybody. And once you let Jesus in, what we see throughout all of Scripture is that that's when the life change begins. When our lives change from the inside out as believers. All right, then let's jump back to these shepherds, okay? The shepherds sought after the Savior, and now we're going to see them example another sample of life change. Look with me in verses 17 through 20. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So the shepherds shared what they saw. The shepherds shared what they saw. In Luke 2.18, it said, And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Well, why? Wondered. And again, I just want to go back. I want to marvel at the ironic plan, perfect plan of God. You see, when I went back and did some studying on the shepherds, I found out they were notorious for not being truthful. Shepherds. To the point where commentators believe that they weren't even allowed to testify in court because their word wasn't valid. So again, why did God choose shepherds? about this amazing news that no doubt they would want to go and share, but nobody would believe them. Again, I go back and I see that God is not worried about our perspective, about our protocol, or our preferences. He instead, he wants to, us to experience his glory by showing us that with God, nothing is impossible. Paul writes this about God's decisions and how he makes decisions. It says this in 1 Corinthians 1, 28 and 29. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. God oftentimes uses impossible things to show his power to show his story, to show his perfect plan, to show that it's not about how good the shepherds were at sharing the news. They did it anyway, and it said the world wondered. Mary even treasured these things in her heart. It did something to her faith as well. Like, this is powerful. God uses the lowly to humble the wise. God chooses these lowly shepherds shepherds to provide a powerful point for us today. And I want us to catch this, is that all are welcome to seek Jesus. All are welcome to find Jesus. And all are welcome to share Jesus with others. Which leads me to a one thing today, and that is this. Is that a life changed by Christ can't be contained. Many of us 
make the tradition to go around and to visit all of the lights of people's houses and watch them spend all of their electric money, you know? Um, and we go drive through Naog and we go to other places and look at all the light displays and Pastor Mike has already shared this at, um, at the concert that we, we do it because light is, it brings joy. We enjoy seeing those lights. Now, what if next year, next Christmas, nobody put out their lights? I know this is an extreme crazy thing, but nobody put out their lights. They still had them, but they kept them in their attics and garages and basements, or maybe they set them up inside, all of their outdoor lights inside. They plugged them in, they turned them on, and you went driving around and going, oh, this is lame. There's just light emanating from these people's windows, you know? It's just like... But it's, it's not as enjoyable as much as it was on the outside of their house, right? That would be insane. Nobody would do that. And I think the same is true for us. Jesus said something very similarly in the Sermon on the Mount. He talked about, do you put a candle or a lamp? Do you put it underneath a basket in your house? Do you hide that light? No, you put it up on the lamp post, or you put it up high, so it illuminates the whole house. In the same way, do you put your outdoor Christmas lights inside? No, you put them outside for everyone to enjoy and to see. In Matthew 5.16, he says this. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus is talking about the light of glory of the Lord, which is in the heart of every one of his kids, those who have called upon his name. And our joy, yes, it's our job, but job has a nasty ring to it, okay? But our joy, like the shepherds, is to go and share it, is to go and put those lights out on our front yards for the enjoyment of others, that they may see what God has done in us. What I find interesting is that the shepherds weren't charged to go out and share their three points of theology on the Trinity, right? They were charged to share what they saw and what they heard. A lot of times we get nervous when we have to share because we're like, I don't know a lot. Share what you saw. Share what you heard. Share what you've seen God do in your life. Share the story for God's glory and not your own. Because you might look silly to them. They might not believe you like the people believing the shepherds. But it doesn't matter because it gives God glory when we share his story. See, I don't believe that Jesus came to give us a nice little holiday. Right? Because if that's the case, it's not always true. I mean, I was shopping Saturday. <laughs> it was not peaceful. <laughs> it was not always nice. He came to provide us with peace, peace between us and God and all mankind to whoever would receive that gift, a gift that changes those who receive it. So as I wrap up today, I want to I pray and I, and I hope that one of these three samples of life change can be encouraging to you and can be something that changes us this Christmas. Because I believe that God changes what we fear, seek, and share. If God is in our life, 
and God is active in our life, and we are following Christ the way we should be, then God will change what we fear, seek, and share. And that is what I mean. The shepherds gave us an example for this. So I think we were to ask the shepherds after they met the angels what they feared. I wonder if fear of God's glory would have made it to the top of their list instead of wolves and bears and thieves or whatever. I wonder if the fear of God would have been a little higher on their survey. You see, the shepherds feared God and his messengers, the angels, and that led them to take action. See, our fear of God should direct us as well to take action. Now, you might be confused by this, but there is something right about having a healthy fear of God. Okay? Can I just say that? There is something right about having a healthy fear about an all-powerful, all-knowing, good God. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of God is what changes our actions and changes how we make decisions. It changes what is wise in our eyes. We see also in Philippians that if we have a care or a worry or a fear, that we have the opportunity to go before God and to present it in a prayer. But then I'm also convinced that fear changes what fear of God changes what we fear here on earth because we see evidence of it in his disciples. If you recall in Acts chapter 4, verse 19, Peter and John are standing before the same religious leaders that put Jesus to death, who are telling them, stop talking about Jesus. And they say this, in essence, they say, it's better for us to obey God than to obey our religious leaders. It's better for us to obey God. We fear God more than we fear you. And think about this, how many of our worldly fears would dissipate and go away if we had a healthier respect for the power of God, if we had a healthier fear that God was sovereign and God was in control, I think a lot would change with our fear. Not only that, God changes what we seek. The shepherds used to only seek the well-being of their, their sheep, but now we're invited to seek the Savior of the world. And I'm encouraged by this, that it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, What others even say about you, it doesn't matter. You are invited to find and follow Jesus. And for those of us who have Jesus, we need to continue to seek to know more about our Savior so that it can change us. Because, listen to this, we have a relationship with God, right? It's not a religion. It's not about me doing things to make God happy. It's a relationship that we have with God. And that when we seek God first, we're told in Scripture that we do receive many earthly rewards and also many heavenly riches. That is a true fact. And lastly, God changes what we share. The shepherds had nothing to share about, had no right in court to share anything, no right in the community to really share anything, and now they had the best news ever. Best news ever to share. See, when God changes our story, guys, we can't help but share the story. And we need to share that story to give God glory, but also to show his glory. And share what you know. Share what God has done in your life. Share what he has done to change your life. And share what joy and what hope and what peace he can offer to their life as well. 
I encourage you to be that bold this year. And also remember this, that we are recipients of God's grace. It's not all like prideful, like, look at me, look how great I am that God would save me. We needed saving. We are recipients of that grace. But I also want to encourage you in this, and I think it's, this is why the angels didn't go to the entire world and share this news, is because you and I can do a greater job in this way. The angels cannot receive grace the way you and I have. Do you get that? We get to experience God's grace in a way that angels cannot understand. And we can do a better job. And that's what I believe, is that when we go and share our story and what God's done, it gives God glory. Ultimately, another interesting point, the shepherds, in verse 20, it says they went back to being shepherds. But they went back changed because they had seen and heard the glory of God, and they were invited to the party. So we, too, when we go back to our ordinary lives, they weren't Superman shepherds. They were still shepherds. And we can be ordinary people who have been transformed by the extraordinary life change of Christ. And we can do that in our jobs. We can do that in our homes. We can do that in our families by having the fear of God, by seeking God, and by sharing God. And with that, I'd like to invite the prayer team forward. If you need prayer today, you can come after the service and pray with them. We'd love to pray with you. If you need to talk with me, I'd love to talk with you as well. I'll be up here. But let me pray, and uh, we will close our service with one more song. God, I want to thank you again for your word. I want to thank you again for the story of the shepherds. Lord, how you invited these ordinary people to come and be a part of the party. You invited them not for what they were capable of. You invited them not because of any other reason other than it was going to give you glory. And so God, today, Lord, I pray that we would give you glory. I pray that we would shine as lights, that we would shine the light of your glory. Whether that be in our workplaces, whether that be in our homes, whether that be to our kids or our grandkids or our unsaved neighbors, Lord, whoever that may be, may this remind us, God, that you used unordinary means to accomplish your perfect plan. God, you are a good God and we love you and we praise you today. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Grace Bible Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, you can visit gracebiblepa.com.